taking care in architecture. This is the philosophy of Tam Associati, a studio with headquarters in Venice and offices in Bologna and Trieste, known both for its commitment to social design and sustainable construction and for its collaborations with prominent figures such as Renzo Piano, Gino Strata, and the Aga Khan Development Network. Taking care in architecture clearly represents the firm's goal of contributing to the well-being of communities through responsible management of resources and the creation of spaces that are at the forefront of quality, aesthetics, and sustainability. We met Raul Pantaleo, one of the three founding partners, who shared their vision with us. What are the fundamental principles for sustainable architecture in your design philosophy and how do you integrate them into your work? We believe that sustainability is a fundamental value in every architectural project, and attention to the environment plays a central role. Architecture should not consider sustainability as a mere accessory, but must be an intrinsic part of it. Could you tell us an exemplary project in this sense and what were the most significant results? An exemplary project that embodies our principles of sustainable architecture was the Salam, a heart surgery center built in Sudan in 2004. This project addressed the problem of air treatment in an atmosphere laden with dust and sand, conditions that are incompatible with heart surgery. Instead of opting for expensive, sophisticated air purifiers, we developed an innovative air cleaning system using sprinklers. This solution has saved us around 200,000 euros and has been extremely reliable over time. In fact, this system has become a kind of adiabatic absorber. One of the most successful examples through simple technology. Lower costs, very little maintenance. It has been there for 20 years in perfect working order. How do you balance the aesthetic and functional aspects of a building with the goal of making it sustainable? What are your priorities in this process? In our approach, the aesthetic and functional aspect of a building develops in parallel with our primary goal of sustainability, right from the early stages of the project. For example, consider the wind towers we constructed in Sudan. These towers had to implement an adiabatic cooling system and had to be positioned at a height that avoided capturing particulate matter from the ground. These towers not only became a functional element, but also contributed to the aesthetic character of the building. Therefore, the technological aspect and the environmental impact go hand in hand and are integrated parts of our design process. On the materials front, what role can they play in making an architectural project more environmentally friendly? I am a fervent supporter of technology and I also recognize the importance of wood in a sustainable architectural project. I am aware that we have to move in the direction of certified wood or breathable lime plasters. But we must also address the problem of fixed budgets, which often pose a challenge. In such contexts, the choice of materials is constrained by limited resources, and the goal becomes to reduce CO2 emissions as much as possible, so the choice to use cement may be determined by budget constraints. In such cases, we need to focus on solutions that minimize the use of cement, thus lowering the environmental impact. Latex cement, for example, is an extraordinary product that manages to be cost-effective. Today, with the growing interest in biological and natural materials, we need to develop new skills and involve teams of experts, including computer scientists, to guide material decisions. It is a complex process that requires a holistic perspective and the involvement of different expertise to find the most sustainable solutions within budget constraints. Your healthcare work in Africa has been widely recognized for its positive impact. What was your initial motivation for undertaking this type of project and what significant results have you achieved so far? Our main motivation was a commitment to put our skills as architects and designers at the service of the social economy sector, 
NGOs, and the entire nonprofit world, with the primary objective of contributing to the well-being of communities and the environment. We thus began to dedicate ourselves to the social sector, fostering the creation of a clientele that did not exist before. When we started building hospitals in Africa with emergency, we had the extraordinary opportunity to collaborate with an enlightened figure like Gino Strata, who valued the importance of beauty and quality. We were practically an anomaly, as in the past it was enough for a hospital to simply function to be considered a success. Hospitals back then were simply functional structures, and the creation of an outrageously beautiful hospital, as Gino put it, was viewed with skepticism as it was considered a waste of resources. However, we proved that beauty was an integral part of the healing process, and that it was not necessary to spend a fortune to create something beautiful. Care, love, careful management and care for the environment are beauty in themselves. Our contribution as architects in this area has been recognized and now represents a standard in hospital hospitality. You have received the Aga Khan Award for Architecture and the Curry Stone Design Prize for the eco-social impact of your international works. Definitely prestigious awards. These awards had a profound significance, especially the Aga Khan Award, which stands out for its broad vision and focus on social impact, rewarding works that go beyond the mere beauty of the building. Receiving these awards opened new doors and triggered a chain of recognition, culminating with our participation in the 2016 Biennale in the Italian Pavilion. The awards not only brought visibility, but also recognition of our approach to global design, highlighting our commitment to projects dedicated to those most in need. They helped promote a new cultural vision in design, demonstrating that environmental sustainability and economic sustainability are two sides of the same coin. Talking about the Italian pavilion at the Architecture Biennale 2016, it was a project about the redevelopment of suburbs. How did your research continue? Have there been any developments in this regard? Absolutely, yes. The Italian pavilion fully reflected the philosophy of our work, which wanted to look at a dimension of architecture that is not that of the big media event but of the humble everyday work of those who try to improve the quality of spaces. A key element was the creation of five devices that were to be realized by five NGOs through crowdfunding, and then become landmarks in the suburbs, helping to extend the Biennale beyond the event itself. We managed to realize three of them, including Emergencies Ambulance and WISP's Mobile Gym both of which were used in areas where the respective NGOs had projects in Italy. How did you deal with the logistical and cultural challenges in realizing architectural projects in different parts of the world? How did you involve the local community in the design and construction phases? We address logistical and cultural challenges in our architectural projects from the principle of respect. Creating buildings that are imbued with respect is our main goal, regardless of the location, whether it is Africa, Italy, Asia, or a war-torn area. Initially, I asked myself the question of which architectural style to use when tackling new projects in different locations, but I realized that the answer came naturally as our approach is based on caring for people and their surroundings. We observe the local community, study the available materials and fully immerse ourselves in the environment. We create buildings that convey a message of universal respect and beauty that overcome cultural barriers. Everything else becomes of secondary importance. The centrality of people is what determines the success of a project. How will the approach to sustainability in buildings contribute to improving the quality of life of the communities involved? By using low-impact techniques and appropriate materials, we are able to offer thermal comfort, energy access, and welcoming spaces. All the technology we apply is aimed at enhancing people's quality of life. 
For example, in the most remote places, the installation of photovoltaic panels can revolutionize the lives of children who have to walk kilometers to get to school and have no access to electricity at night on their way home. In this way, sustainability becomes a concrete tool to build a better future and ensure a better quality of life. What future do you see for your work and what prospects, in general, for sustainable architecture globally? In our younger students, we are noticing a change. There is also a new generation of designers who are particularly aware of social and environmental issues, and this sensitivity is very significant and profound. We are witnessing a new and heightened awareness. This makes us think that there will be pleasant surprises in the future. Changing the subject, I made a provocation at a conference in May, suggesting that we should consider closing down the engineering and architecture faculties, and reopen places where the future is being built, with architects working with surveyors, planners, economists, and philosophers. We need a systemic vision of our profession, with complex teams. That was somewhat the unrealist dream of the polytechnic. 